Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. I hope you're doing good out there. Today is uh, Monday, April 6th, 2020, I believe. Not entirely sure. Wonder how long it'll be before we stop caring about uh, months and days and years and just uh, define days by cloudy one, rainy one. Hmm. I don't think we're going to get that far. But anyway, I hope you're doing. As you can see, my mind is uh, starting to wander. It's getting a little hard to hold on to the fence post of reality. Uh, but everything is well in the Wesling household. Uh, kids are doing good, I guess is the way to say it. They're alive. They're not sick. That's pretty much... They currently are fed, so that's uh, the metrics by which we're going by success lately, which is probably for the best. Simplify things, get down to what really matters. Uh, It's a Monday, so I'm still trying to maintain uh, Monday status, you know, I mean, work on things, get busy, try to have a semblance of of weekday order. Um, So I ask you, what are you doing to stay busy around your house today? What are you, how are you staying productive? For me, uh, I am planting sunflower sprouts in my front yard. I decided I'm going to be the sunflower king of my neighborhood. We've got a little spot in the front yard, a little planter box that I uh, made last year. And uh, I want to get these mammoth sunflowers going. So I, I start them in a little planter in the house. And uh, once I think they're larger than a squirrel will want to eat, um, then I go put them out in the, in the front yard. And I got, um, I got four that are ready to be planted today. So I'm going to try to get my green thumb going and get out there and, and get my sunflowers going. Then if I got some time, I, I'm going to work on cleaning the garage. Uh, the kids, let's talk about the kids for a second here. Um, we are now in week two or three of distance learning. That's what they call it at the school district, distance learning. Uh, my oldest, my, my seventh grader, she's doing plenty of um, you know, Zoom classes where they're actually meeting with the teachers and listening to a lesson doing actual homework that must be turned in. Uh, my first, and I have a first grader and a fourth grader. Uh, their school is a little more nebulous, I guess. <clears throat> I think, I'm not sure if I'm using that word right, but they don't you know, have to turn in assignments the same way. They don't get graded the same way. So it's basically just, you know, check in, they give them workbook kind of stuff, little things, you know, activities and stuff that they can do. And that's good. My first grader, uh, way into it, high performing, killing it. Uh, my fourth grader, God bless her, uh, she's having a little more hard time dealing with this, and she decided that she needs some mental health days and uh, sleeping close to noon. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't matter anyway. The grades don't matter. Uh, she's a smart kid, so we're letting her take care of herself the way she needs to take care of herself. And uh, so far, so good. And I recommend that to everybody. Go easy on things, man. Uh, homeschooling is hard, and uh, you know, just kind of let it roll off your back a little bit. Let the kids kind of learn at their own leisure. Get them to read. Get them to, you know, get out the coloring books. Uh, what I'm doing with my kids today, especially my first grader, because she's been driving us crazy, is uh, uh, she's on pickup, uh, pickup pick detail. Uh, she can clean the house, uh, pick up her toys. It's all her stuff anyway. And if it's not her stuff, I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up anyway. We pick up your stuff and it's not your stuff all the time. So that's the lesson there. Uh, I've got a great interview for you today. Uh, one of my, I think I've been saying this for every time I talk about one of my favorite people on earth, very interesting and unique people. But this is, this is a, a no exaggeration when it comes to that. Um, this man is an absolute legend in the world of comedy and he's just an, an awesome person, uh, to know Andy Huggins is to love Andy Huggins. Okay. Uh, so without further ado, I give unto you the, the man, the myth, the legend, Andy Huggins. 
Well, good morning, Andy Huggins. How are you, sir? Very well, Mr. Westling, and yourself and the family? Oh, man, everyone, uh, all things considered, I guess, you have to do the grand qualifier now. Uh, <laughs> you know, not counting the plague, which is circling the globe. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah we're doing okay, you know. Good. I mean, we're uh, staying staying in the house. No one is, uh, no one's sick, or at least yeah. of that kind of sick. Remember, the, yeah, I think everyone's tripping out because, you know, you, you kind of, I think you forget that, all those other things that still get you sick are still out there. Yeah, right? I, I, it, that occurred to me the other day, too. Like, uh, I uh, this morning I felt like maybe I had a, a head head cold coming on. I my first dumb thought was, well, that that can't happen. I got this other thing that I got to worry about: head cold. <laughs> and no, that's not how it works. I could I could have a head cold in addition to whatever else is out there. So, Well, I, I recommend everybody go to cdc.gov and get the official, uh, and I say the official list of symptoms yeah. for COVID-19, because if you just follow some random things that people put up on Facebook of, oh, here's the symptoms, yeah, uh, they're, they're inaccurate, they're inconsistent, you never know what it's actually going to be. But I definitely have that that chart I have it, like saved on my phone. Good. Um, because I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. I just uh, I just sneezed and uh, my 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 throat feels scratchy. Let me look at the symptoms. Yeah. Okay. Throat. That's what I need to worry about. Uh, but sneezing. Nope. Nope. Turns out that's just allergies. So yeah. it's good to have a good flow chart of of uh, if you have this, then you are. Oh, you're dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if I have this, oh no, you're fine. You're fine. It's just yeah. just uh, that's just allergies or God forbid a a common cold. But I think like most people, and if they're not doing it yet, they should do it now. Um, just go ahead. You know, the, the hospitals are completely jammed. Um, they don't even have any tests. Um, so you may as well just go ahead and, and just kind of dig a shallow, like a hole in your yard. And when you feel like you've got the, the symptoms, it's just better for everybody. If you just go lay in it, just go lay in the, go lay in your dirt hole and, uh, just let nature take over at that point. Right. I mean, that just seems like the, Seems like the responsible thing to do. Well, That's in my, probably... yeah, mine in my neighborhood, trash day is Monday. I'll just go set myself <laughs> out, out there, and you know, just do what do what you you, you got to do. Just uh, like uh, like the what was it the oh what Monty Python movie was it? Bring out your dead. Yeah, bring out your dead. He's not dead yet. I'm getting better. He'll be dead soon. Yeah, the apartment <laughs> uh, garbage cans are uh, right below the uh, right at the bottom of the steps uh, where where I am. And so I'll just stumble down the steps, somehow <laughs> maneuver my way into, into, uh, into the, one of the cans, put a smile yeah. on my face and we see what happens next. You know, that's a good idea. If you think about it and it's just being a good solid citizen, I think sure. too, is, is, is to not, and make sure you don't touch the, um, uh, the handrails on the way down. Oh, the no, well, I'll, I'll wipe everything off as I, as, as, oh, as you go, like, so you'll I have go. like, yeah. antibacterial wipe already in your yeah. hand and just sort of that, that's you know that's very smart and I, I, unfortunately uh, andy i don't think a lot of people have the same civic duty no they don't, um, they don't. no but, no they're gonna go oh i'm gonna go to the mall i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sit in church for a few hours and yeah oh. and really cough on everybody else oh lord well well let me introduce everybody to you andy i mean obviously uh, I think if you're in the Houston area, or if you're in my comedy community, obviously you know who Andy Huggins is. Huggins is. He's the he's Black Jesus. He's the myth. He's the legend. He's the the one and only, the indestructible uh, Andy Huggins, um, comedy legend uh, in, in these parts and many many more. Um, uh, but Andy, let's let's go back. Uh, where where are you from originally? Where was 
What beautiful day were you born and in what location? I was actually uh, born in Dallas, Texas. Uh, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we. I was born in 1950, and I think my dad might have been working for Westinghouse at the moment. But uh, at any rate, we bounced around to uh, a couple of places. We went to D.C. and then down to Georgia during the Korean War. My dad was serving and eventually ended up in Danville, Indiana, then to Maplewood, New Jersey. And I, then I went to high school and graduated high school in uh, Virginia, northern Virginia. I kind of consider myself a Virginian just because that's where uh, the formative years uh, took yeah. place. But, uh, yeah, uh, Indiana, New Jersey, uh, Virginia, the, where I grew up. Oh, my God. Well, that's well. first off, Andy, in the future, I know uh, you, you are a baby boomer. Let's just call it like it is. Yep. Okay, so I don't want to okay boomer you. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, I'm a Gen okay. X guy, so it's been, it's been one of those things where I've had to learn uh, the rules of the Internet in the future. Uh, don't mention all the places you live because that's going to help people uh, steal your identity and figure out your passwords. Oh. Okay, so you got to you got to misdirect. You got to throw a couple of fake ones in there. To... Maybe, maybe I did. <laughs> maybe you did. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, you never want to say like you know you see those things online and people always fall for like oh hey write down the ten jobs you've had. Ah. Or, oh hey take your birth month and then your first letter and then the last number of this and, and like you know all those things they can compile and kind of use an algorithm to kind of start figuring out your passwords or or even worse I think even worse is is uh, they start using that stuff to kind of figure out which which Andy Huggins you are and if you have any debts outstanding they, that's how they track you down and figure out where you are exactly you know <laughs> well they so I, I I misdirect I I throw out fake ones I throw out odd ones they're gonna have a hard time tracking you yeah well they can bill collectors or meet people I owe money to they can track me down if they like that's not gonna do them. <laughs> oh speaking of that I saw something funny is you know uh, it seems like just about every American. Uh, is being tracked down by at least one or two bill collectors of some variety, even in the, even in the ones that aren't legitimate. Like they just got your number and they're going to call and shake you down and try to get you to pay a bill that you may or may not have ever actually owed on. Right. So, but it comes up on your phone as as like a spam risk or, or telemarketer, you know, something like that. Yeah. Are you still there, Andy? Thought, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, thought I heard a noise. I thought maybe you bailed on me. No, like a, uh, that was, I think somebody uh, note sending me a notification or something. Oh yeah, your your Tinder app is still working. Oh, that's good, yeah. Andy. Make sure you, yeah. you keep the keep the ladies fresh. Yeah. But but now it's funny is is someone and I can't remember who it was or I think it's just something that got passed around is is that those calls have virtually stopped during this uh, lockdown and how reassuring it was that oh so those guys lost their jobs too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and they have to so take that you rotten bastard yeah I'd, I'd get four or five a day maybe more some days. And I think I've had one in the last two two weeks, maybe. Yeah, see, that's one of those uh, happy side uh, uh, effects of, yeah. uh, of everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I guess, you know, Andy, the way I've been looking at this whole lockdown situation is like if this was just uh, uh, if this was just in my personal world where all of my work got canceled and, and I had to stay home and we were just completely broke. And if it was just me, I think I would be in the depths of despair yeah. and anxiety. And I don't know if it's good or if it's bad to say about me, but the fact that that it's everybody worldwide yeah. is going through this. It's almost it's so overwhelmingly big and so so massive that 
I, I kind of have a good attitude about it because there's nothing we can do about it. It's it, this is essentially it's it's like weather, right? It's so overwhelming. There's and we're powerless against yeah. it, so we'll just write it out. Yeah, and you know th- this has made for me uh, uh, taking it one day at a time is not only not only the best way; it's the only way. It because yeah. you don't know what tomorrow's going to be. You certainly don't know what three weeks or three months from now it's going to be. So you just take it, uh, I just take it one day at a time. And it is kind of, in a sense, kind of takes a lot of pressure off uh, as to what you need to do or going to do. Because like you say, everybody's in the same boat. And when we start over, everybody's starting off at the same place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And- yeah. It's it's a weird reshuffling of the deck where, every, like you said, everyone starts off at the same place now yeah. when we come back and, and you know, if you if you have a oh I don't, I don't want to say it like this because it might sound like it's uh, mean to people but if you have a negative kind of mindset and worldview when y- you're going to start off handicapping yourself with uh, well we're all fucked on this is fucked and you know, yeah there's nothing I can do about it. but if you kind of you know if, I hate to say it, if you look at a, a reshuffling and, and refresh and a reboot as sort of a a new opportunity well then the world's your oyster you know right right I mean things that were closed to you before are now going to be open to you. You just kind of have to, at least that's how I see things today. Tomorrow I might have a, a down cycle. Yeah. Day. Yeah. I, I alternate uh, uh, day to day as to what my attitude is about every other day. I'm feeling pretty good. And the determining factor is how much I, of the news I read. If I read a lot of it, yeah. I'm just going to uh, be depressed and, and, and frightened at times if I avoid it, I maintain a pretty good, uh, pretty good attitude. Uh, that's I, I, I think I'm trying to figure out how to put this. Well, before all this went down in the in the pre-coronavirus days, I may have been a little bit more of a news junkie. Yeah. Like I was, you know, just I just sort of leave the news on sometimes and and just sort of casually, you know, consume it over an hour or so here and there. Uh, and I think that kind of, obviously, it's 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 you know artificial anxiety. It just makes you get worked up and you're stressed out about shit. Um, but since all this has happened and the news is just so damn doom and gloom, and and I'm not criticizing them. I mean, you 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 report the news, and when the news is shitty, yeah. it's like being mad at a mirror for 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 you being fat, kind of no. thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it is. It's reflecting back what's what's really happening. But I don't want to. I don't want to be uninformed, but I don't want to bask in it. I don't want to wallow yeah. in it. So. I my sleep habits have, have drastically changed in in this situation, and, and I have become the early riser in the house. So I'm crawling out of bed, you know, between seven thirty eight thirty every morning. Everyone else is sleeping in, so I get up, come downstairs, make myself some coffee, and I I kind of do the morning check in on the news. I'll watch about thirty minutes or so of it just to kind of get. It takes about that long to get all the fresh headlines. After that, they're just gonna you know, keep going back over, regurgitating it, chewing it up again. Uh, and, and then pretty much as my, my rule is as soon as the kid first kid comes down the stairs uh, for breakfast or whatever, then it's, then I just, you know, I, I screw it. I just, I change the channel to cartoons yeah. or, or something else, something mindless. Cause I'm like, okay, I got what I need to get. I know what's up in the world. Now let me get back to the things that actually matter, right? The, the, the life, the putting some breakfast in my kids. What kind of chores are we going to do today? What do I need to do in the yard? The things that, that I can do. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Focusing in on what would be normal. I got such a, uh, 
a, a big kick out of the deal that I went online and paid a bill, which is like part of the normal course of events in, in one's life. And it just it was just so reassuring, not just paying the bill, but the act of paying the bill was uh, yeah. very reassuring. My sleep patterns have changed too, which is interesting. I find I used to uh, in a given week take about four or five naps uh, a week. And I would take uh, those naps because I would just get real tired and couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. I This marks the start of my fourth week in isolation. I've taken maybe four naps over the course. Of, hmm. I'm, I'm never tired in the afternoon. I seem to be, oddly enough, sleeping well at night. I wake up feeling rested. And I'm thinking maybe I'm so stressed out during the day that when I close my eyes, the brain just quits altogether and... Uh, uh, and at any rate, I'm getting a good night's sleep and uh, I feel rested now, for instance, and uh, uh, I probably won't take a nap today. Kind of weird. Huh. I, yeah, I bet when we get to when this all when the smoke clears on this and, and we get a little farther down the road, because I've heard that almost the exact same sentiment from many, many different people. I, would, I think we're going to get uh, on the other side of this and there's going to be some research and studies on on that. And I'm going to be very interested to see what what's causing that. I think it's the and, and how how weirdly uh, I guess I I have a hard time talking about this, Andy, because to me it feels like it might be disrespectful to the people who actually get sick and are, are dying and are suffering loss from this this disease um, or this virus. Uh, but man, overall, this whole thing has improved everyone's health, their state of mind. The, I mean, it's like it's 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 it seems to me that if you discount, and I hate to discount it, but the the economic effects, the the um, you know the the hundreds of thousands of people who are going to uh, pass away from this, um, but for the survivors, it, it's it's like a net positive. Is that wrong? I almost feel guilty about. I, I know what you need, uh, you mean about feeling guilty because I I more than once slapped away a thought I was having, thinking that's not. That's not right. You shouldn't be thinking something like that. You know, thinking maybe a little too selfishly about my situation. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, I this is uh, for the duration so far, and maybe I go back to my bad habits after this is over. But this has just so made so many of my small problems, my small worry, my pettiness. I I, I think I'm less petty now when I read something and I want to make some snotty or snarky remark. Uh, uh, to somebody about something that that's all just been shoved aside. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 not important anymore. And <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's not important. And now, does it also make you feel like, damn, this wasn't important then either? But I was. Yeah, it seemed at the time. Yeah, and I, I surely hope I hang on to that attitude once we uh, get over this. Uh, because uh, yeah, that's just had a lot of unhealthy, uh, unhealthy attitudes uh, before. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah. This is a trip, and I'm glad. You know, this is kind of stuff that I, I I'm glad to get to talk to about talk talk to you about this, Andy. Because uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't really said out said out loud, or even kind of coalesced into a coherent thought. But that is kind of that is kind of how I feel about it. Like I I feel a little bit guilty that that I'm enjoying yeah. this. That, but I also, and I've thought about this, is you may as well, because if you think about contracting the virus, it's like a lottery. And just if you never know what accidental thing is going to 
get it in your eye or in your in your throat and next thing you know you got it so it's like you may as well just sort of be smart be cool stay stay anxiety free as best you can because if when your number comes up and you got to ride it well then that you can't i just i don't know it's just the 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 overwhelming unavoidableness of the whole thing i don't even, i don't think that's a word it is yeah. now in the new future unavoidableness is, yeah. is a word <laughs> but yeah i don't i don't know i I feel like you do. This is kind of like, it's like guilty yeah. thoughts. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had them uh, constantly and I have to swat them away trying to keep things in uh, uh, perspective. But you can't help but uh, can't help it, I don't think. Andy, you've been on this big blue ball in the sky called Earth for a lot longer than, than I have. You've seen, you've seen a lot of different uh, things. What do you think? Do you think when this is all said and done, when we get to the other side of this, do you think people will go right back to the, to how it was before? Or do you think a little bit of this slower life, the more thoughtfulness will, will continue? What's, or how cynical are you about the, the snapback return to the panicky life we lived before? I, I think it will start to swing back a little bit. I mean, just naturally, but I don't think it'll go all the way back. I think, you know, it's yeah. like a pendulum, and when it starts, it's just it's just not going to swing uh, back to where we were, you know, a year ago, or oh, Christ, three months ago. Uh, but yeah. I think I think it's going to change things a bit. I think so. Uh, it's certainly uh, certainly my hope. But uh, yeah. on the other hand, that's my yeah. hope too. I guess if you just look at it like if, as long as you if it changes you and you stay better, well then that's all you can really control, yeah. right? Yeah. Despite the fact I've been around on this big blue ball for seventy years, you know what? I've never been particularly astute when it comes to judging my uh, fellow man. I'm not particularly why <laughs> people do what they do or what they're going to do. Uh, so you know, any opinion I have represents more uh, a wish than a. Uh, Hey, uh, you know, any sort of expert. Yeah, it's funny, you know, Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm 44. And uh, I always look, I realize now the things that I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I think, (laughs) I think as the more uh, seasoned and experienced I've become, the more I realize how little I know about things. I'd I'd love to go back to 25 when I knew everything. (laughs) When I was just so absolutely sure I knew exactly how the world worked. And confident about it it's like i miss being confidently yeah. wrong yeah, I, I, <laughs> it yeah, felt good it yeah felt you're good. kind of ahead of me because you know it's probably been maybe just in the last 10 years or so where i decided look i need to know i can't i gotta quit jumping to conclusions is what I, do. I need facts before and quite often these days i'll hear of a situation and uh rather than make a judgment about it i'll just set it aside and say you know what i don't know enough about this to have an opinion. I can't judge somebody because I don't know the whole story. So I've gotten better that way. I'm not, um, as I've gotten older, I'm less judgmental. So it sounds like you're, you, you reached that point a lot sooner than I did. Well, you know, that's not a, uh, it fluctuates, doesn't it? Like, you know, one minute you think that, and then uh, I'm sure I'll find something to be hot headed and pissed off and, I'll be I'll be confidently wrong about something uh, shortly. I'm sure you never get all the yeah, way. Yeah, but over, I right? bet you as soon as you 
adopt that attitude towards something, you immediately recognize what you're doing and, and, and back off. I, I, I have hostile, stupid, uh, unreasonable thoughts all the time, but I'm pretty good at recognizing that that's what I'm doing when I do it and I back off. Yeah, I wish I could confidently use the word immediately. <laughs> I, I tend yeah. to alternate. You know, I mean, sometimes I, I, yeah, it's just it takes a while for me to look back. I've got pretty good short-term hindsight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, it seems like I have to fuck up first. And then, oh, okay, yeah, now I see where my last six yeah. months were. A complete fucking yeah. failure. You know? Well, uh, Andy, how are you uh, handling... Um, lack of comedy the the being on stage to the, connecting with an audience i know you're one of the most prolific writers out there and it's uh, you're a role model in that regard to to, to comics and just all artists alike um are you uh are you kind of like a production line that doesn't have anyone picking up the you know the trucks aren't showing up so you just have a warehouse full of full of one-liners yeah that, that that has been it you know i pretty my life is pretty much uh uh, uh, being a stand-up comic. I don't have family or any other uh, interest, really. That uh, So not being able to go on stage is, uh, is kind of strips away at the identity. So I immediately decided, well, if I can't perform, I got to write. I got to be a comic in some fashion or another. So I have been uh, writing a lot. Um, uh, and, you know, again, you just don't know about jokes. It'd be great if you could write a joke and know immediately it's going to work or it's not going to work, but you know, you got to take it on stage. So uh, I just post a question on Facebook on the Houston comedy page, wondering uh, 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 how long will it take for everybody to get back in the form they were in before this happened? Uh, how rusty is everybody going to be? And I'm figuring I'm going to need, I'm wow. going to need about a week of five minute uh, sets and then about a week of 30 minute sets before I get back to where, and that might be optimistic. Yeah. That's a good question. Let me think of, I mean, I kind of, uh, my daily life now in this, in this, uh, COVID lockdown is so all encompassing. Like I've pretty much just almost, I'm almost living the life <laughs> like a farmer, yeah. you know? So I, I feel like all the way retired right now. So I think it's going to be very difficult for me to get used to that being in the lights, you know? Yeah. I think well, you're ahead. Uh, then again, I'm a fast recoverer. So It'll probably be about ten minutes into the first set where the muscle memory and the brain, the the the, the fight or flight uh, training that all comics have, and just sort of, oh okay yeah, yeah I forgot this is how I do it right and jump back into it almost like uh, like uh, training for a fight yeah. is one thing, and then and then as soon as someone smacks you in the face you're like oh okay yeah so I remember you, how this goes so yeah. you think <laughs> you think you'll pick up the uh, fall into the uh, the rhythm and the pacing of a forty five minute set. After about 10 minutes, you'll get right. <laughs> well, now let me clarify that because I don't want to make it sound like I'm bragging or that I'm some sort of badass. I think I'll be able to fake it enough after oh, about okay. the 10-minute mark that the that the audience will still receive a show of uh, – but in my head, I'll I'll know all the little yeah. things that are wrong. You know what I mean? Like like – uh, I've been watching a lot of, uh, well, like most people, a lot of a lot of, a lot of TV shows. But one of the ones I just recently watched was called um, uh, "For For All Mankind," huh. right? Uh, it's about the space program that has an alternate history where the Russians oh, beat us okay. to the moon, right? But it, the and it's I recommend it. It's really good. It's on Apple TV, right? 
Uh, but the, the, the what I bring it up is is uh, and I love all kinds of stuff about the sixties space program right. stuff, you know. But but you know they 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 ceaselessly drill. They're always doing practice. They're always doing simulations, you know. And yeah, even when it works, even when things are going right and they successfully do a simulation or successfully, all of a sudden some guy in a white lab coat comes around the corner with a ream of paper of notes of shit they did wrong that no yeah. one else could see. You know, from the outside, it just looks like, oh, hey, they're back. They did it. They walked in. The- Everything's fine. But then the real experts have the list of, all right, you messed that up. You should have done that better. You were slow on that, you know. So that's kind of how I feel. Like, I- I'll be on stage. You'll- I'll be able to fake it. And a, a entertaining show right. will occur. I'd- you know, the audience will grade it an 89 right. out of 100. Right. <laughs> you know, but I'll be backstage going, well, messed up that line, said that word wrong, totally forgot the tag on that, you know. I was standing in the wrong place for that one. Stop touching <laughs> your face. Get your hand <laughs> off the mic stand. You know what I mean? All that shit that, yeah. that we know. So it, to, for so for the uh, here's how I'll answer it then. So for the audience, I think I'll uh, by the by the third round yeah. of the title fight, I'll be back in. They'll they'll, yeah. they'll think I'm good, but for me in my head, it'll be a good two or three yeah. weeks before. I'm operating at at, at yeah. Peak. Well, I've been um, uh, as you know, when for people that don't know, I do one liner, set up punchline, set up punchline. So uh, a big factor for me is just remembering everything. Uh, that's a problem that's under the best of circumstances. I'll always leave something out, but uh, uh, so I've been doing the act out loud in my apartment about every other day. I'll go over the uh, the entire. Well. It- Oh, hold on a second here, Andy. Let me let me just say this to the audience because um, what the the regular viewing people, the civilians of the entertainment world out there, uh, may not understand what comics understand uh, that being a one liner comic is the hardest thing to do. You, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it fits your skill set. You're very very talented at it. You're very very funny at it. But oh my god, as a comic, I look at it and it scares me to death because that is the hardest hardest thing to do like for me my my bits are story based right right so i basically throw out a premise a situation a scenario and then you know kind of go through the there's a there's a river that i follow of the story so it makes it easy for me to remember and and to kind of weave and tell the tale along the way right uh which I, i it's funny is i think it's the opposite where the audience will almost look at what I do yeah. and think that's harder because yeah. they don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't know. But what you do, like, so I, so for me, remembering a bit is like remembering a song. Yeah. All right. It's a, it's a five minute and I know the lyrics and it goes from here and I follow the temper, you know, the tempo, the, the tempo and it gets me to where I'm going. And then I can put them together like a band puts together a set list. Like I'm going to do this one and then I'm going to do this chunk and then I'm going to do that chunk. And then there's a drum solo and then we're going to come back and then we're going to do this. Right. So my set list for an hour show will have about 10 bullet points on it. But, but what you do, you're talking about a fresh joke every 15 seconds, basically. Right. I mean, one liners. Well, I get, uh, I get, uh, about three or four years ago, this laugh per minute concept came up and so i went back and looked at all my my not all my sets but quite a few sets and it, very consistently i get six laughs per minute uh so if you're doing a 30 if i'm featuring uh, uh 
a 30 minute set, that's 180 jokes in tag. I got to remember. I remember one time uh, I was on stage and just having a great set, and then boom, boom, boom with the jokes and boom. And at uh, about two thirds of the way through, I thought to myself, Jesus, Huggins, you tell a lot of fucking jokes here. But here's the uh, uh, now doing one liners is 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 an advantage in uh, so many ways. For instance, like at an open mic, you want to try out new material. I can uh, try out three new jokes. Uh, five minutes, that's 30 jokes. I can try out three or four new jokes, surround it with 25 jokes that I know work. So even if the new jokes don't work, the audience still gets, you know, 25 jokes that, are, that, that do work. So. Yeah. And, and you get a good look at the new jokes because you know that it's getting a, it's getting a good warm spot there. And, you know, you know, you got a good joke leading in yeah. and a good joke leading out. So if it if it can if you can keep that baseline up, you know yeah. that, that joke's and, good. Yeah, right? uh, and and you know, um, I am a, you know feel don't feel bad, but I geez, I wonder if you work longer form stories or whatever, and you, and it's a five minute set, mm-hmm. man, that that can be because uh, once you start the the story, maybe it's not working. Do you bail and that particular set. I guess the brave and professional thing to do is just to write out a fight and bomb every once in a while. Everyone. That's I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, first off, I hardly go to open mics anymore because for that very reason, they're not that useful to me because it's hard for me just to throw out. So I almost do like all I have, all I have boiled down to just the joke fragment. Yeah. Like, let me throw out this idea. Does that, does that feel good? Okay, good. I'll go back to the lab and work on that. But yeah, sometimes you just have to commit yeah. to flailing. Like I'm like I and it makes you as a as a performer you feel like shit because oh man these guys yeah. don't know who I am or you know so they're gonna think they're gonna bring me up with some sort of fanfare oh it's good to have him here you've seen him on this you've seen him on that and then you go up there and you eat shit on a wheel and now they've got a bad but you, yeah. but you just have to commit See, and, to it man that's the that's the fear yeah, in the comedy coming. world in our very narrow world that's a very brave thing to do I think I mean it's not you know it's not uh, it's not working in a hospital brave look but, at us Andy. You know, you go up there, our <laughs> ego is such, just what you just described. You want to, uh, you get the great introduction. You got other comics in the back that uh, maybe they've never seen you before, but they've heard all about you and you go up there and you just got to commit to it. And if you bomb, you bomb. And you got to, uh, you know, walk yeah. off stage uh, licking your wounds a little bit. But so I got it easy with one-liners as far as that goes. That's so funny. How, how and look how here we are on, on either sides of our fence, Andy, looking across and thinking that the other person has it harder yeah. and that I've got it yeah. easier. Isn't yeah. that funny? <laughs> that's like isn't that kind of the that's the that's the opposite of the grass is green. Oh, yeah. The comedy yeah. world is the other way around. It's it's like, man, yeah. my yard yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, it, it, as you hinted at, my uh my skill set is one liners. That's what uh that's what, uh, you know, before I got into comedy, that's how I made people laugh is with uh, one-liners. I, want, I did do impressions. I wouldn't do uh, behave in a wacky way. Uh, I didn't play guitar or anything like that. It was, it was smart-ass remarks, one-liners. If somebody would start, toss yeah. out a straight line, I'd come back with a joke. So it, it, it really does fit what, the way my mind works comedically. And it's it's uh, it's it's a big advantage, you know. Uh, I don't. Somebody says, "Well, we need you to do seven minutes." That's real easy for me to adopt. Again, if you're uh, 
if if you work like you work, okay, I can do this five minute thing, and maybe two minutes from this one thing. And I know that that's a, that that is the hard part. It's like it's like having you have uh, little small building blocks. I have yeah. chunky yeah. Legos, right? So it's like if I if if I'm in that situation, yeah. like I do seven minutes. I have to have I have to almost go into showcase mode and just do a seven minute like a TV set quick because otherwise if I go up there and just try to yeah. chit chat and feel the room out I can screw myself by by going too long yeah. before I get into yeah. it right and then I think that looks chunky that's like the you know that's just uh, so anyway then you completely change tone and jump into the bit and you feel rushed yeah. because you're I just clock. I, I I say good evening that, folks and then log into the. <laughs> i like your style andy and i tell you what watching you perform and uh makes me feel like i say too much crap and i want to trim the words out so in that regard you have a a positive uh yeah that's uh when i when i rewrite a joke and i'll write a joke and then go back and have to rewrite it four or five times the first step is just always taking out words that it uh that are unnecessary so that's a great piece of advice for any of the aspiring comics and any first time or new comics or, or, or even just yeah. writers of any regard. Um, it, it is first pass of editing. Yeah. Just take out the words you don't need. Um, one of my favorite screenwriters, Christopher oh, yeah. Corey, he's the yeah. guy who wrote usual suspects, the way of the gun. Uh, he's got a quote and I'll probably butcher it or, or, or he'll be happy yeah. if I actually say it with yeah. less words. Um, but the quote is, is everything can happen faster sooner yeah. and with much less said about it and i think about that all the time like i don't you don't need to overset things up just get you know don't exactly. bore us get to the core exactly. right and you know particularly with uh with uh one line but in in long form also um um anything anything you have in the premise or the setup the audience is going to uh assume it's going to be part of the punchline so don't put extra stuff in there that's not going to lead you right to the the punchline. I'm always having extra information, you know, like uh, 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 for Lori and I's first date, we went out to dinner. I don't have to say for our first date on a, it was raining and doesn't fucking matter (laughs) where it was raining. It doesn't matter. Because if you say it's raining, they're going to think that's going to work its way into the punchline. Well, if it doesn't get rid of it, get rid of it. That's very, very smart. You're getting a master class, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, from the great Andy Huggins. Uh, now, Andy, hey, do you have uh, do you have your notepad out? Do you have some stuff? I mean, I know it's not the same as an audience, but I feel like I'm a good I'm a good sounding board. I I'm kind of like a, a an AI. I can I can you know if you want to run some stuff, uh, I'd I'd be more than happy to to offer you this platform. I and it's very similar to an open mic crowd. I have about twenty five <laughs> listeners, so it's. <laughs> If you have some stuff ready, we can do that in just a second. You, you, yeah, I'll do you a couple. Feel comfortable yeah, I got. Uh, want to throw I've out written, a couple. Uh, actually, I think I've uh, written maybe 25, 26 jokes about being self quarantined. And I was thinking the other day. Okay. That's about six. Oh, hold on. Wait, are you about to start? Let me, let me, okay. let's, take a, let's take a quick break. Uh, let, let our listeners uh, stretch their legs, go to the bathroom, reload their bowls, whatever it is that they're doing. I uh, need to go check their perimeter, check their traps, whatever it is they're doing. Uh, but when we come back in just a second, we'll get some some fresh new quarantine uh, curated material from Mr. Andy Huggins.
Okay, yeah, India. That was just a little uh, edit stop break oh, okay. about halfway through or more. I like to put a little little tiny break there. So now now I'll I'll, I'll bring you back. Yeah, in. I got a couple. Are you, are you good move. to go. You got your stuff. Okay. All right. Stand by. Stand by. We now return to After Later. I'm your host, John Wessling. Uh, today's episode, uh, we're talking to uh, the great comedian, uh, Andy Huggins, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Huggins, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Black Jesus. That's a long story. <laughs> but Andy uh, has been uh, cooped up in exile, uh, like everyone else. Exile yeah, sounds better than isolation. Sound like like, uh, something. Yeah, that sounds cool. Well, Andy's been, um, he's one of the most prolific writers. He has no um, outlet to, per, to perform them. Uh, so what we're offering is, uh, we, I want to hear some of your, your new stuff, Andy. Right. Forgive me if I laugh too loud, okay? Uh, well, here we go. During the shutdown, <laughs> I went on a date. It didn't go well. She stood 10 feet away. <laughs> The virus and shutdown has changed the nature of my sexual fantasies. I would fantasize singing happy birthday while Scarlett Johansson washed her hands. Different sort of, different, different like sort of wet dream. I like um, it. I wrote a children's play while I was self-quarantined. Snow White and the Six Dwarfs. Grumpy and happy are now moody. <laughs> yeah i think sneezy would have died um, too but that's just let's see yeah. what else we got here um let's see i was wondering take, yeah, i was wondering take the your other time day, in, uh exactly and it'll vary from audience to audience comics gonna have to become pretty good at reading audiences but there'll be audiences that they don't want to hear anything about uh the, the virus, self-quarantine, uh, they just don't want to even think about it. Others will probably, uh, probably welcome it. Um, so you, but you're going to have to, let's see what else have we got here. Uh, uh, no, we will pass on that. I like that. I like how you're, <laughs> you're just already like, so you ever have that, Andy, where you write a joke and you're excited about it. And then when you get to the open mic or you get to the stage and right before you go on, you have a different way of Yeah, you really, I really, probably a lot of us should just write the joke, then put it away till you do it. Don't keep going back over it and over it and over it because at some point it, uh, right. uh, I adjusted easily to being self quarantined. I've been talking to myself out loud for years. Yeah. It's good. I like that, Andy. This is this is straight fire. Now, uh, Andy, while you're looking through your cards, uh, you, you brought up what I thought was a, an interesting point and something that I've been struggling with is the idea of um, yeah. do we talk yeah. about this or not? You know what I mean? Like uh, because I think uh, you're saying some people are going to just want distraction and uh, you know diversion, um, but and my calculus on it has been. Uh, that essentially this to to act like it you know to just talk about anything but to to ignore it is yeah. it's so big and this the situation has so much gravity that that you can't not yeah. address it you can't you you have to 
go through it. It's 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 yeah. an absolute universal experience. So it's almost creepy if you go on stage after this is all over and just and, and then not address it. Yeah, not I think you're right. All, and I think right? that's going to be the attitude of most audiences. But I also think there's every once in a while there's going to be a person or a table of people who maybe lost somebody to the virus and they're just not going to want to hear yeah. it. It's going to be an easily understandable trigger yeah. for, for some people. And just. I guess that's it. It's like uh, that this topic, when we get back on stage is, is almost yeah. going to be like cooking with salt, right? Where a little bit is perfect. And, but just two grains, too yeah. many ruins the dish. Right. You know, so it's like, how do you, how do you service it? just a little bit and then when you feel that mm, in the room okay let's get back to the, and it's the, amazing to, to me and buddy. you don't uh, attend the open mics that i do but how many people on stage learning to be a comic are just dreadful at reading an audience just dreadful at uh figuring out the right way to to be to begin a set um uh they, they have an absolute Ten here, and I guess maybe if you're real new, you can figure a few things out and you'll adjust. But some people, some people never do, and it's uh, well, they'll they'll learn a hard lesson every once in a while after this is over. I think. Man, you know that is a very very fast lesson you got to yeah. pick up in those first couple of years because, and, and, you know, we used to always uh, make fun of comics who would get on podcasts yeah. and talk about the craft. You know what I mean? Like talking about the inside baseball of comedy, but now everyone's in shutdown and this is all comics are doing. So people are going to become more and more curious about it. Uh, so I, I don't mind talking about it because I, I, the way my experience was when I was very first starting off as con as a comic and, and going to open mics, I was real young. I'm talking like 18, 19, 20 years old. When I was in college was when I was kind of going through uh, the open mic stage. And I remember how, like when I was just the first handful of times I was going up at comedy clubs at, at the open mic nights where if it was three minutes, five minutes or whatever, it was almost like the way uh, soldiers describe the fog of war where time is completely slowed down or completely sped up. It just, you, you feel, you lose that linear tempo, right? And it's just, you're just in a in a panic. Your your heartbeat is in your eyes, and you're just not in the moment and aware, right? So I, that's why I would I would rehearse and practice the three five minute three to five minutes that I had worked out. So at least I know, no matter how panicky it is, I know I can kind of stick to the stick to the beats that I've memorized, and and when I get to the end, say right. I'm done, and that should time out, right? But it seemed like it took a it took several months of doing that before. I could actually think in my head on stage and, and, and be aware of what was going on while I was still performing. Like it was like a, a step yeah. back detachment of the self, right. Where I could, where I could see the audience and I could adjust and, and move yeah. on to how they yeah. were reacting. If that. you're a comic and I used to not add that, uh, uh, that phrase to when I was giving advice that was sought from me. But now I say, if you're a comic, if you're meant to be doing stand-up, when you go on, just pay attention. The audience will tell you everything you need to know. 
everything. But you got to pay attention. That's true. You can't be hearing laughs that aren't there. You got to acknowledge when you stumble badly uh, uh, by bringing up a topic that shouldn't have been uh, mentioned. Uh, you got to pay attention, which is why if you're not going to pay attention, at the very least, record yourself. And, and then pay attention at some point. <laughs> yeah. You got to be paying attention to what is happening. Audience will tell you everything you need to know. Do you ever feel like, <clears throat> and I guess, I don't know, this is another thing that's kind of difficult to bring up, but, or to, to talk about because I, you know, as an artist, as a person who's pursued the artistic uh, career for my entire adult life, I want to be supportive of others who are trying to do the same. Uh, when I'm, I'm very uh, empathetic, whenever I see you know newer comics struggling with stuff, I want to help them. I want to give them uh, good advice and not give them bad advice. You know, I, I want to be I want to be like that, right? But at the same time, I also I feel like you ever feel like you would really save someone a decade of pain if you just told them this isn't right for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is there ever a point where you're like, like, it's like, yeah, it's like failure to thrive. Okay. At some point they're not growing. They're not getting it. They're not, I don't, I don't want to say these words, Andy, but sometimes they're just not good enough at it. And are you doing them a disservice by continuing to be, you know, encouraging and just, yeah, you know what I mean? Not telling them the truth or is it better to, to tell the truth or is it better just to walk away? Well, John, I, let them figure I out believe, and it is tempting at times, but then I tell myself, and I, I think this is true. There's not anything I can say more eloquent or more emphatic than what the audience is telling them. And if they don't listen to the audience, they're not going to listen to me. Yeah, audience. Yeah, if, if, that's true. If, if that's silence, true. if you do five minutes uh, week after week and never get any laughs, what am I going to say more eloquent than that? There's not a yeah. There's not a thing I could say that would discourage <laughs> yeah. them. If being on stage and having people stare at you, if that doesn't discourage you, uh, 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 you know, a uh, a scolding remark for me isn't going to get the job done. They're just going to maybe nod their head because uh, out of respect. But when I walk away, they're going to go. Pah. What is yeah yeah right so then and then now not only uh did they not listen to you not only are they yeah. not quitting uh, now they think yeah. you're an asshole too <laughs> you know so it's not like you're getting the, the desired effect of hey man your parents are probably right you should go back to school yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean maybe you should focus on yeah. your job so it, it, and it is tempting i you know it's just so puzzling uh, some people that, and I mean, we, we both between the two of us could name right off the top of our heads two dozen different uh, people, men and women, that uh, for years have been uh, doing open mics and have yet to get three laughs in a row. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know and maybe I'm getting old and I'm starting to have that nostalgia of things were better back in our day. But it seems like now in the scene-based comedy economy that we have and that so many gigs are, are independent gigs and, and produced at bars or whatever, just outside of the old traditional comedy club structure, um, it feels like that lack of structure also uh, 
kind of retards the process is is it it sort of shepherds everybody along it doesn't force them to quit like like back in the i mean when i first started doing open mics it was either at you know when i was in college so i was going to the funny bone in des moines i was going to stanford and sons down in kansas city right and and that was like when i'm very first fresh starting off and they had very strong sort of benevolent dictator type managers and they would give you chances and they keep putting you on the list. But if you're not delivering after a while, if you're not improving or showing some sort of sign of talent in life, you just wouldn't get the call. You wouldn't be let on stage anymore. You have no constitutional right to the stage. And it seemed like in a club environment, they, the, 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 the structure, the culture is there more that. And, and then when I moved to Houston, when I got back down to Houston, I was already opener slash feature at that point. So at least I kind of knew how to stay alive and do this for a moderate living. Um, but, you know, still being in that open mic culture that we, I, I how many of our friends, the people that are in our friend group that were comics back in the late nineties, early two thousands, but yeah. then just washed out because it wasn't working for them. They got to a point and they, so now they're just sort of friends of the scene and friends of the, you know, our, our actual life friends, but they're not doing comedy anymore. And I feel like that, that doesn't happen anymore. Now people just are, they just languish and, and, and go up there and then don't improve and, and, and just completely suck and kill a room. And then after, you know, so it's like, there's not that structure that weeds out the, 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 the less talented or the oh, less yeah. uh, um, able the comedy to workshop Does that make sense? For a while was managed by one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, let alone show business, Jerry Young and Jerry would, when necessary, take a person aside who had been going up at the, the, the open mic and, and tell them, look, you're killing us every time you go on stage. Uh, you need to you, you just stay away for a while. Go someplace else. If you get better, we'll put you on. Uh, but uh, uh, at the moment, you're, you're, just not, you're just not good enough. Go away. And and he was very kind about it. He's, he's just a terrific guy. <laughs> I mean, had a pretty good it, ear for uh, comedy. Had an excellent ear for comedy. But uh, yeah, he, he and I don't think that happens uh, too often. It doesn't happen anymore. And, and you know, to our civilian friends who are listening, that might sound like we're being real cruel, like we're not being uh, supportive of young and upcoming artists. And that would be the criticism that we would probably. Uh, gift for that, but I want you. To, I want the listener to understand that that's not what we're talking about at all. What we're talking about is is doing that, to, saying that to someone after exhaustive chances and and really paying attention and watching and just sort of it, it's you're doing them a service. You're helping them because audiences, like you keep saying, listen to the audience. The audience will tell you. The audience is going to be way more cruel than any club manager or any booker or any promoter will ever be. You know what I mean? You go up there and you're bringing a cheesecake to a knife fight and you go up there and you're eating shit on a wheel. These random yeah. strangers who were predisposed to like you because you walked up there to entertain them. They will turn to the other side of that of that bell curve and absolutely fucking hate you oh, yeah. and say the meanest shit to you to get you yeah. out of their face and bring on the and bring on the next. They don't care. They don't give a shit. So to have someone have a system in place that sort of evaluates you. And gives you plenty of opportunities, but then when you at the end of the at the end of the day, if you don't have it, you don't have it, and they say so. They say go away and try this some other time, or you're killing us. Yeah, it's 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 better for you. Oh right? yeah, I mean yeah. ultimately, it, it, but you know we again, we both can name so many people that they just 
And, and, you know, and I tell myself, well, you know, maybe they know, maybe they know they're not any good. They'll never be any good, but it does them some psychic benefit to go on stage a couple of times a week for five. So maybe I, I and I have thought yeah. to myself, well, maybe I'm being uh, unfair here. And it's in and, and, and that sense. Well, I don't know. I don't think you're being unfair. I, I think you're right. I think I, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of who we're talking about without saying it or trying to allude to him because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here because that's not what it's about. But I would say probably half of them know that they they, they don't they don't have it. Yeah, and that this, this isn't a career aspiration, and, and it's just a hobby. It's a fun thing. It's it's their it's their bingo. It's their steak night. It's their Monday or Tuesday that they go to their friendly bar and hang out with their friends and go on stage for three or five minutes. And and too often I think those that that know that they don't have it, it result or resort yeah. to uh, being a shock comic. Cause they're like, well, if I don't have the talent to get them to laugh, I can at least go up there and, and, right. and just say cunt a bunch. And all of a sudden, yeah. boom, oh, oh, I got a, I got a response out of them. Right. So they, they go that way. But I do think that there's about half of them yeah. that are just uh, like genuinely deluded. Yeah. yeah. You know Which what I mean? Which makes talking to them even laughter. irrelevant or, uh, uh, you know, pointless, pointless. Yeah. Talk, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, you're really there you're are talking to a people, stump at that point. Uh, I think that in order, they like to hang out in order to justify hanging out. Well, I need to go on stage in order to, uh, you know, most of us, we go on stage and then we'll hang out. Uh, for others, I think it's, well, we're going to hang out and I guess I got to go on stage now. Go on stage, but then you get to go out on uh, outside yeah. and smoke cigarettes and, and, and talk trash and it's fun and it's good. And you know, it's a night out. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, exactly. it's, it's a form of creativity. So, you know, maybe I'm being too, uh, too judgmental, which earlier I was saying I'm not so much anymore, but maybe I am still a little bit. Uh... Well, there's one thing to be, you know, to try to be a, 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 a grass eating hippie and non judgmental in the real life. Comedy, I don't know how to say it without sounding melodramatic, but it's, it's, it's my life. It's my, uh, uh, it's my area. It's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I do kind of get resentful of people who kind of walk into yeah. my, my world. You know, and that's real snotty of me to have that attitude. Yeah. But I can't help it sometimes. I think, well, you, you don't belong here. I do. You don't. Get out of my world. Go find something else. But again, unfair. And it's not, and ultimately, it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't affect what I do on stage or doesn't affect my act in any way. It's just the occasional five minutes that's puzzling to me. Why are you up there? But uh, so ultimately, it doesn't matter. Well, look at us, Andy. Look at the way we're talking about it. We're we're already we we know yeah. that this is almost like we're expressing a guilty thought, right? The 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 we don't like being disrespected by people who come into our domain that we have earned, that we have paid our dues to be there, and we keep proving it over and over again. Like, hey, if I had a bad year, if I had a year of going on stage and all of a sudden I wasn't getting the laughs, I would feel my own personal stock fall. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I don't feel like I yeah. would have the buffy yeah. days anymore to, to, to say this kind of shit. It's so you pay those dues and they are, they are due yeah. on a, on a daily basis. Right. So I don't think it's wrong to, to, to want to feel like 
standards need to be maintained in the world that you've dedicated yourself to. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If you take out comedy and make it plumbing and we're plumbers, you can't have shitty plumbers ruining ruining the market for everybody, right? That's why you start a plumber's guild is so that we know what to charge. You know, if you're, if you've got this, you're good enough and then you're not going to make us all look bad. Right. Cause that's, that's people judge plumbers by the worst one they've ever had. Same thing with comedy. Yeah. People judge yeah. comedians yeah. by the worst one they've ever seen. So we're, we're yeah. trying to, we're trying to keep the caboose keeping up with the train. And, and I, I want to say this again, because I can hear the criticism coming from the, the listeners. I don't want this to make it sound like, like we're being exclusionary. We're not trying to shut people out of the process. I look at it as completely a different way. Like where I, I encourage all kinds of people. I want to see every shade of color on skin on stage. I want to see men, women, all points in between and beyond older, younger. I want to see every possible perspective on a comedy stage. And I feel like to get that, you got to get some of the, ch- the, the chaff out of the way. I mean, you, you've had your run. You've got to try it. It, it. It's not working. So if I'm running a room, I'm like that guy, like you were talking about from the workshop. You're killing us. You go away for a while because I need that five minutes to give to this other new person who's been waiting over yeah. here chomping a drip. I oh, need, yeah, I absolutely. They're worth absolutely. Shit or not. My attitude is sense? everybody who wants to give it a go ought to give it a go. But pay attention to what happens when you're up there giving it a go and get out, get out of the way. If it's not working, everybody try it that wants to try it. That's great. Yeah. You're not, but uh, if, if, if you're not any good at it, quit. Yeah. It, it, you would think <laughs> that the theory of natural yeah. selection would be most alive at a comedy open mic. Either you get laughs or you don't. And Yeah. Yeah, it used to be that way. It used to be that way, and 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 I think it'll go that way again. It'll recorrect. And hey, maybe this is this uh, uh, the current coronavirus situation is the is the <laughs> is the asteroid that took out the dinosaurs. This will this will weed out so many people from sort of unnecessary expositions yeah. and and uh, expeditions into new hobbies. Everyone's got to lock their shit down and get back to regular yeah. life. So maybe Another this, this one will, of the many unknowns. <laughs> that we're, we're facing now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andy, this was, a, uh, this was a great conversation and thank you so much uh, for coming on me. And look, we talked for uh, an hour and we didn't talk about Bill Hicks. Yeah. Didn't I feel good yeah. to get to talk about Andy Huggins, not about Bill Hicks. <laughs> okay. We can do that. I kid. Next time you come I on, it's all Bill Hicks. That with, uh, okay. with a great deal of, there was going to, uh, there's going to be a. There was going to be a big uh, tribute to Bill up in Austin in May, but that's been wiped out. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think uh, would would amuse yeah, Bill, probably, wouldn't it? Probably <laughs> go, ah, yeah, figured. Well, Andy, Andy, I hope to uh, have you back on in a week or so or or two and see how you're doing. Uh, check in with you, talk about other stuff and um, and stuff like that. Now, for the listener, is there any way that they can, uh, is there anything you're working on or any of your social media handles or anything you would like to, well, to, to promote, um, promote on throw Facebook, out there so they course, can find I you? have, uh, I did, a friend is uh, leading me by the hand into uh, Instagram and TikTok. So, so uh, I'm going to be on that here soon. Ah, I saw that. I have a, uh, 
a, a web page that I don't pay any attention to at the moment. I, I just don't. I, I, I was uh, on Twitter for a while. I don't pay attention <laughs> to that. I uh, gave that up. Uh, I can't even remember the last time I uh, tweeted. But other than that, yeah, Facebook, right at the moment, Facebook. And yeah, and uh, nothing. Facebook, nothing, Andy Huggins. Nothing going, going. Yeah. <laughs> So for booking information, you can find Andy yeah. at the yeah. uh, HEB Very good. Alabama. Well, hope you uh, tell Sarah <laughs> I said hello and happy birthday and uh, give all, all the chillin' the chillin' a hug. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you know, Sarah, I don't know if I told you or not, but, uh, you know, she, she loves you dearly and worries about you and said if you're getting – um, uh, stir crazy and feel like shit. You were more than happy to clear out one of the kids' rooms, and uh, we'll well, we'll shepherd you up here, and you can well, quarantine with time. us if you if you wanted to. That offer stands. We're all we're all clean. <laughs> we'll give you a good shower. shower at the door on the way in. Excellent. <laughs> but uh, but be good, oh, Andy. Uh, call me anytime, man. Let's yes, get in touch and and, and stay and stay sane together. Thank you again to Mr. Andy Huggins. Great interview, great person, and uh, you should look him up. Andy Huggins, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. Black Jesus. <laughs> That's a long story of why he's called Black Jesus. And uh, You know what? Next time we have him on, uh, we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit. Now, I appreciate you listening to the show. I want to welcome all the new people who have just liked the, the new fan page on uh, Facebook. If you'd like to uh, join that as well. The fan page for the show is facebook.com slash after later podcast. Or if you go on Facebook, you can just do at sign after later podcast. Find me there. It actually used to be uh, the the fan page for my original uh, podcast, uh, my, my sports comedy, my sports comedy podcast called Ripped Foul, which I did for about a year, years and years ago before I started working on the ships uh, pretty much full time. Uh, so I just, yeah, I said, you know what? same audience they liked me podcasting they'll like me podcasting uh but yeah after later podcast uh on facebook if you'd like to be a guest on the after later podcast i'd love to have you like i said i'm looking for interesting unique people um anyone who just wants to have a nice conversation old friends of mine that uh, uh, haven't been in touch with for a while if you're hearing this and you want to chat catch up let's do it on uh, let's do it on the show that'd be uh, very interesting hit me up on twitter if you'd like that's at john wessling j-o-h-n-w-e-s-s-l-i-n-g or the show's twitter at after later that's a-f-t-e-r-l number eight letter e-r and on Facebook, my page is John Wessling Official. And of course, if you'd like to give me some money directly, uh, my comedy album is available for sale. It's Warm at First. It's on uh, 800 Pound Gorilla Records. But you know what? You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to buy it outright. Uh, you already pay for streaming services, and it's available on just about all of them. If you can remember my name and remember Warm at First, uh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Pandora. I even found out that they still have Napster. It's on Napster. So you're already paying for that. So uh, listen to it on there and don't worry, I'll get paid from that. Uh, you guys have been amazing. I've really enjoyed the process and I've got an amazing week lined up with some excellent guests uh, that will be coming down your pipe. And uh, here's a, a, another interesting thing. And I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but I'll get it out now and I'll talk about it the rest of the week. Um, and I, a controversial decision, I will admit, 
But me and my buddy Tommy Drake, you remember, you may remember him from an earlier episode of the After After Later podcast. We are going to Northwest Arkansas to the Grove Comedy Club. It's in Lowell, Arkansas. It's right there, close to Fayetteville and University of Arkansas. Um, but it is the only comedy gig uh, that is still going in this country now. Don't before you freak out. There's not a live audience, but we are going to the club, and they are taking extreme measures to make sure that all public health. Uh, guidelines are being followed. Social distancing will be followed. We're staying at uh, the comedy condo, which has been completely sanitized. Me and Tommy are leaving. We're basically going to, ma- you know, face mask up, ride in the car together, um, uh, you know, and and go up to this show and do the show. Uh, one show Friday, one show Saturday. It's to be streamed. Um, it'll be available. Don't worry, I will promote the living shit out of it. But the old idea is that it's to help raise money uh, for all the out-of-work comics that are out there. So a little bit for us and then a whole lot for everyone else. But it's an amazing experience that we get to go do. And uh, don't worry, we're going to record stuff all along the way. And we just kind of want to go see what uh, what America looks like right now. It should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that will be at the Grove Comedy Club in Lowell, Arkansas. I say that, because, but there's no way you're not, you're not going to be allowed to go. You'll have to watch... Uh, a stream. We're going to basically do shows in front of an empty room. It's going to be crazy, uh, but should be uh, quite an experience. It's the only comedy club uh, open in the world, as far as we know at this point. So, yeah, we had to go try doing that. <laughs> but don't worry, we're going to take every necessary precaution to make sure that we don't uh, infect ourselves or infect others or bring anything back, okay? At least as best as we can. Uh, so, look forward to that. I'll be talking about that. As a matter of fact, I'll be interviewing the owner of the club, Bill Adams, uh, coming up later on this week. I'll talk a little bit about um, how small businesses are suffering during all this play. You know, keeping it light, keeping it fresh. But anyway, that's our show today. And I hope you enjoyed Andy Huggins. We'll be back tomorrow. Good night. Goodbye. Or good day. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>